Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. You know, one thing I love about the Bible is that the Apostle Paul told us that when we speak the word of God, it imparts grace to the hearers. So when we study, when we listen to the word of God, there is going to be an impartation of grace. Anybody want an impartation today? Not from me, not from a man, but from the Bible. There's going to be an impartation released today. I believe it. Let's go to the book of Ephesians together. We're going to go and we're going to visit a pretty well-known verse, but I want to encourage everybody today. Can I just submit something to you? We need to stay always in the place of wonder. I remember whenever my kids were really little, my daughter Zoe, who's 11 now, when she was two and three and four years old, I would just go, hey, Zoe. And she'd go, yeah. She didn't even know what was going on. I just called her name. Yeah. Like she was so excited. How many of you, uh, how many parents in here, parents, grandparents, let's see. Do you know how easy it is to entertain these two and three-year-olds? You just get some chalk and some bubbles. And they're entertained for hours. Now that they're like preteens, you got to buy all the accessories and all the stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And it's just a natural progression. Sometimes we lose our wonder. But listen, wonder allows us to see things like a child. And I say it like this. The Israelites didn't perish for lack of wonders, they perished for lack of wonder. It's not that they didn't have all these incredible miracles happening in their midst every single day. It's that they couldn't see God in the everyday, in the mundane. So I wanna encourage you today as we read through some of these scriptures, maybe you've heard them before, but approach them with wonder in your heart. Because wonder is going to allow us to receive the kingdom like a child. Are y'all ready for this? Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. We all know it. Let's read it together. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's his power working in us. But look at the very first word of this scripture, y'all. What does it say? Somebody say now. Say now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Now. God is able, God is willing, God is ready right now. Did you know that his power is not the problem? His willingness is very rarely the problem. Sometimes the thing that we are calling the timing of God is not the timing of God at all. It's our fear. It's our doubt. It's our unbelief. And I want to encourage you today. Everything that God has for you is on the other side of fear. It's incredible to me that, you know, in the past five years or so, there is a song that has swept the church. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Y'all know that one? I am a child of God. It's one thing to sing it. It's another thing to live it. Because God is saying, look, I'm ready right now. God wants to put a spirit of courage on the inside of our hearts. 
God wants us to begin to understand who we are because we begin to understand who he is. And look at this here. It says, now to him who's able to watch this, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, or imagine. A lot of times people connect this scripture to prosperity, and, and I have no problem with that, yes. But how many of you guys know that God is looking to disciple cities? God is looking to shake nations. God is looking to grip generations. And guess who he's looking to do that with? With you. And he's looking to do it right now. Why not you? Why not now? God wants to grip our hearts in a fresh way. He wants to break off doubt and unbelief. And he's saying, listen, I'm willing, I'm ready, I'm able right now to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, or imagine. Let me ask you a question today, friends. When's the last time that you asked? When's the last time that you begin to think with God? When's the last time that you begin to imagine with God? Friends, this has nothing to do with age. Don't sit here today and go, oh, I'm too young. And don't sit here today and go, oh, I'm too old. This is not an age thing. This is a now thing. This is an exceeding thing. This is an abundantly thing. This is an above all you can ask thing. Above all you can imagine thing. And God is just simply waiting for us to get up there and start going for it and believing him. But you know, the, the typical pattern of humanity is that we are always typically trying to get into enough faith for just enough. Do you remember the story of Abram? He wasn't quite Abraham just yet, but the story of Abram, God comes to him and he says, hey bro, I wanna bless the earth through you. I wanna multiply your seed and I'm telling you it's gonna be a big deal. Your life is important. I'm gonna give you so many sons and daughters. There's gonna be so much lineage coming after you. Nobody will even be able to count them. And Abram, just like you and I, typical, typical human heart, goes, okay, that's awesome, but God, let me remind you about something. I'm 99 years old. And my wife, she ain't necessarily a spring chicken anymore either. She's 90. That sounds cool, that sounds awesome, but uh, I don't know how that's gonna happen. And it's typical, when God gives a promise many times, it blows our minds, but instead of be beginning to go, yes, Lord, we go, well, God, I don't know. Have you seen this? Well, God, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna happen because of this. But friends, listen, God is not just the God of addition. God is the God of multiplication. In fact, God never told us to add. He told us to multiply. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Everything that God does, it's multiplication, multiplication, multiply, 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 multiply. God is not small-minded and he doesn't want you to be small-minded either. God wants us to begin to get a vision for the impossible. It was the late Oral Roberts who said it like this. If you can see the invisible, then you can do the impossible. 
And you remember the story of Abram. Abram's going, God, I don't, that sounds great, but I'm 99. My wife's 90. I don't know how this is going to happen. But you know what? Let, let's just try it out. So Abram, in his own strength, goes, and they, they have Ishmael. And he goes, okay, God, here's the, here's the child you promised. And God goes, no, no, no. I'll bless him, but stop trying to do this in your own ability. Stop trying to force my, my promise to happen in your way and in your context. And then God grips Abram's heart and he says this, Abram, you're just trying to get into, a, in, into faith for just enough, but I've got faith for more than enough. And then God takes Abram outside and he goes, listen, son, look up at the stars. You guys remember this story? He says, look up at the stars. You are trying to get into faith for enough, but I've got faith for a whole nation. You're always trying to get into faith for just enough. You remember the story of the disciples. Jesus, everybody's hungry. We don't have anything to feed them. Well, go find some food. And they go, well, Jesus, all, all we have is these couple of fish and a couple of loaves. I mean, we, this isn't even enough. They literally said that it's not even enough for everyone to have a taste. And Jesus looks at them, typical, typical human heart response. But Jesus looks at them and he says, no, no, no. You're just trying to get into faith for just enough but I've got faith for more than enough. And Jesus begins to break the bread and break the fish. And you guys know the story. There's 12 baskets left over. This is how God works, friends. It's not just with your finances. This is with your destiny. This is with your potential. This is with your family. This is with your business. This is in all areas. God is looking to break off fear. He's looking to break off doubt. He's looking to break off unbelief. And he wants us to multiply because he's ready right now. Somebody say now. Right now. I, I, I get... There's language in the church, and I get the sincerity of it, but people, a lot of times, people say, God's getting ready to. God's about to do this or that. But I've changed my language, and I say, no, no. It's not that God is about to. God is doing it right now. And it's according to his power that is working on the inside of you. And friends, it's exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ask, think, or imagine. But sometimes the problem is, is you're not asking. Sometimes the problem is, is you're not dreaming with God. You're not imagining with God. When's the last time you dreamed with God? I want you to look around this building right now. We're sitting in some nice chairs, some nice cameras, there's nice lights. The building itself is beautiful. What about this device in your pocket? Anybody have one of those? How many of you guys are old enough to remember back in the day, we didn't have these. I mean, I'm not, I'm not very old, but I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember my dad had one of the bricks <laughs> where you had to crank it up in the car. Anybody remember that? You remember those first cell phones are literally bricks. Like, it's wireless. I'm, hello? Like, my point is this, as you look around, as you see all the, the beautiful facility, all these amazing things, there is one point where none of this existed. But guess what? Somebody began to dream. 
Somebody begin to imagine. Somebody begin to have a conversation. Somebody begin to think about it. And that leads me here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. I'm going to be reading out of the NASB, Hebrews 11, 3. It says this, by faith we understand the world has been created by the word of God. Now watch this. So that what is seen has not been made out of things that were visible. You might be in a situation right now where you're like, God, I don't know how in the world my family's ever going to get out of this rut. God, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how that thing is going to happen. Because friends, what the, the problem is, is you're doing the math only with things that you can see. You're only considering what you can see in the natural. But how many of you know, it takes no faith to only walk by sight. We've got to begin to lift our vision higher. We've got to begin to dream, imagine. Think about it. One day, this was just a whole lot of land and somebody goes, man, we should put a church here. What if, what if people from all over the nations begin to gather here? They begin to imagine. And that, friends, Ephesians 3.20, that's when the power of God begins to start getting activated in you. When you start thinking, when you start dreaming, when you start imagining. But the problem is, is too many people are satisfied with living in the enough. Again, I'm not just talking about monetary. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about potential. I'm talking about vision. I'm talking about family, business, marriage, all of it. Too many times people are just satisfied with enough and God's saying, I'll meet you at the enough, but don't forget too quickly that I am the God of more than enough. God in his humility, God in his graciousness, he always meets us where we are. If you're at the just enough level, God will meet you at just enough. But God is looking to grip some Abrams and say, listen, I know it looks impossible in the natural, but I have power that is ready to be released right now that is exceedingly abundantly and above all you could ask, think, or imagine. So son, daughter, you got to start asking, you got to start dreaming, you've got to start imagining, and you got to start talking to me about this because I'm ready right now now to do something incredible in your life. Friends, I'm telling you, everything that God has for you is on the other side of fear. Your fear is the thing holding you back, but God wants to break off fear with his perfect love. He wants to show us a better way. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. Again, a lot of times people connect this language just to prosperity and finances, but friends, it's in all of it. None of us understand our full potential, but what if we were actually beginning to believe God that there was more for our lives? Not just for the sake of getting more, but for the sake of expanding his kingdom in the earth. I was talking with Pastor Feldshaw before the service. I said, man, it is so incredible to, like I mentioned to you guys, I, I come through, through, through town quite a bit. And all of a sudden, recently, I begin to start seeing billboards 
with pastor's face on it. And he's going after government. Friends, we need people like that to go after the tough situations. But what if he never began to imagine? What if he never began to ask? What if he never began to think about it? God wants to get your vision, not on your level, but to his level. God doesn't want you just to live according to your faith. He wants you to live according to his faith. Above all you could ask, think, or imagine. Now, you might be sitting here this morning going, okay, I love this. My heart's getting stirred, but how? How do I step into this? I'm glad you asked me this morning, and I didn't forget my dentures this morning, my God. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Numbers, and I want to show you an incredible insight. The book of Numbers, chapter 13. You remember the Bible said in Deuteronomy, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Has anybody ever experienced that before? I know I have. I have definitely experienced that before. What does that mean, actually? It means that your perspective is important. Please look at me this morning, y'all. Listen, it doesn't cost you any extra to be an optimist than it does for you to be a pessimist. <laughs> We're children of the Most High. I mean, my wife says, Rick, you are optimistic to a fault. I probably am. But at least the glass is half full. I know the house is burning down, but my God, I still got my arms and my legs. <laughs> we got to get a bigger vision. We got to get some joyful theology that God didn't just bring us all this way just to leave us here. He wants to lift your vision higher. He wants to break off fear, doubt, unbelief, complacency. And he wants to do this by changing your perspective. You guys have heard it before. People are always trying to tell God how big their mountain is. This is exactly what Abram did. Abram, I'm going to bless you. He goes, God, first of all, I'm too old. My wife's too old. This is not, but God says, no, no, no. I'm not doing the math with, what, with the things that you can see. I'm in a realm called exceedingly abundantly above. We gotta change our vision. We gotta change our perspective. I love this morning we were seeing spirit of wisdom. Open my eyes. Spirit of revelation. Open my heart. Friends, that is a powerful prayer. And we need to continue to pray that. And then it says, that I might see you rightly. We need to begin to see Jesus as he rightly is. Not just some faraway stoic God, but the uncreated God of the universe, the God of angel armies, who nothing is impossible. He, he literally upholds all of creation with one word of his power. He holds the stars in his hand. He tells the sun where to rise. All of it is upheld by a single word. And he is so incredibly interested in our lives that in the midst of all of that, he just says, I'm just waiting for you to ask. I'm just waiting for you to dream. I'm just waiting for you to imagine. I'm waiting for you to stop living according to your faith and get on my faith level. 
You gotta change your perspective. You wanna see fear, doubt, unbelief broken off? You gotta start seeing him as he rightly is. You gotta start asking him for his perspective, for his vision, for his faith. Numbers chapter 13. Uh, just for the sake of time, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. So Numbers 13, you guys remember the story? It's a story when Moses sends the 12 spies into the promised land. And the Bible says the land was flowing with milk and honey. The Bible says the fruit was so gigantic that it took two men to carry it out on their shoulders. And it says, in the same breath, it says, and the land was filled with giants and fortified cities. Isn't it just like God to connect the blessing context with the struggle context and say, what are y'all going to do about it? So Numbers 13, the spies go in. You guys know the story. They go, they spy out the land, they come back. And Moses goes, okay, guys, give us the, re give us the report. What's going on? And watch what happens. The first 10 spies they begin to talk about their mountain. They're not talking about their God. The first 10 spies go, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the land's full of milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But guys, there were giants in the land. And they were huge. And there were fortified cities. And it was so scary. And look what Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. If you guys can put it on verse 33 there just for a second. Numbers 13, verse 33 says this. There we saw giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's a very important statement because look what it leads to. And so we were like grasshoppers in their sight. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. I want, to, I want to pause here and submit something to you. Listen, all 12 of these men had the same exact experience, but all of them had a different perspective. Ten of them go, yeah, yeah, there's milk and honey, it's great. But man, the giants, they're too big. We were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And guess what? Those 10 men who brought back the report of how hard it was going to be they, they became grasshoppers and they were never able to enter the promised land. But I love this, Caleb, who by the way was 80 years old. Again, this is not just some young thing. Caleb was 80 and he stands up in their midst and he goes, hold on everybody. This is the Pino paraphrase. Hold on everybody. He said, yeah, there's giants in the land. But the land is flowing with milk. And he begins to tell the mountain how big his God is. He says, the, the land is flowing with milk and honey. And then I love what, what Caleb says. He says, and God gave us the land. All 12 of them had the same experience. But all of the, they had different perspectives. And guess what? Caleb and Joshua, who saw themselves as giant slayers, guess what happened? They became giant slayers, guys. The 10 who saw themselves as grasshoppers became grasshoppers. The two that saw themselves as giant slayers became giant slayers. 
God wants to give us a fresh vision. God wants to break off small thinking from us. God wants us to lift our vision higher and begin to believe him for the impossible. Listen, I love that we're singing songs, you're the God of the impossible. That's awesome. It's one thing to sing it. But how many people are going to begin to believe God for the impossible? You can't get to know the God of the impossible if you don't go for things that are impossible. Don't just be comfortable in the everyday autopilot. God has so much potential. He has so much destiny. He has so much courage for you. And he's just waiting for you to step into it. I'm going to close with this cute little story about my, my little Bubba. My middle son, his name is Koa, and he loves acorns. <laughs> but it's, it's, really, it's really funny. You think it hurts to step on a Lego in the middle of the night? Try stepping on an acorn in the middle of the night. <laughs> My God. He loves acorns. He just finds them everywhere. I can actually barter with him if I bring acorns into the conversation. I'm like, buddy, come to the store with me. Nah, I don't want to. I'll give you three acorns. And he looks at me and he goes, Four. Awesome, four, let's go. And he just collects acorns. He puts them all in his pockets. His pockets are always filled with acorns. I mean, my wife and I will be watching a movie or something, and we hear something clanging somewhere in the house, and it's acorns in the wash machine. I'll go to lay down at night. I'll put my head on the pillow. Oh, my gosh. And he puts some acorns in my pillowcase. Just acorns everywhere. And recently I asked him, hey, Koa, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says, I want to, now he's, 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 at the time when I asked him, he was four years old. He goes, I want to have more acorns than anybody has ever had ever. I said, wow, that's what you want to do when you grow up? He goes, yes, I want to be the best acorn collector ever. And we laugh because it's cute. But that's what each and every one of us do every single day. God, I'm cool just right here. Think about it. We are trying to believe God for amazing things in the future by our, our ability right now in this moment. The biggest my four-year-old son can think is, I want to be an acorn collector. But we all know he's going to go on to some incredible potential, right? Right? The same thing goes for you and I, friends. God doesn't just want to give you an acorn. He wants to give you a whole forest worth of promises. He wants to just release promises. He wants to break out in your families. He wants to break out in your marriages. He wants your children to return to him and encounter him for the first time. He wants to pour out his spirit in Beaumont, Texas. He wants to grip the state of Texas. He wants to shake nations. He wants to disciple cultures. He wants us to go into the mountains of society and to begin to bring his kingdom with power, with authority, come on, with insight. We can't just be satisfied with the little acorns of our life. We've got to lift our vision higher. We've got to dream. We've got to believe. We've got to ask because he's ready right now. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.